Hello, folks, and welcome back to Hangouts and Headlines after a brief eight-and-a-half-month hiatus. Thank you so much for joining me. And for those of you that don't know, I've been gone because I had a stroke at the end of last year. And please bear with me as I try to remember where the buttons are and try to get through everything in a normal fashion. But my cadence will be a little bit different. And I thank you all for coming here and joining me for this first return episode going to try to be doing these on a weekly basis, give or take, as we work around my continuing uh, rehabilitation therapy and other things that I have to deal with now on a more regular basis. So folks, this is Hangouts and Headlines. If you are new to the channel or you haven't seen this show before, I don't blame you. It's been gone for a while, but this is where we talk about headlines that I found interesting and how they are presenting major news stories in the media across different media and see how those headlines and the way that they report on those things affects the way we perceive the story. Now, this particular episode features a story about a U.S. president by the name of Donald Trump that some of you may be familiar with, and that tends to be an area or topic of, let's say, substantial emotion in both directions. But this is not a political channel, and so we abide by reasonable minds can differ as our guiding ethos, and I would ask people in the chat and otherwise to stick with that as well. We're not going to try to dive into the politics here as much as we're going to talk about the legal issue and how it's being presented in the stories that I was looking at these past 24 hours. So with that as the kind of disclaimer, thank you all for joining me. And the first half hour really of this show tends to be the hangouts portion where I say hi to everybody that's been watching and that's been a member of the channel community for a long time. So we're going to take a look at some of the chat comments that we've already collected here as I try to remember where all the buttons are. So thank you already for bearing with me. And thank you to new member New Trick 7 Thank you for joining the channel. We've got some cool emojis and some fun things to do with the, uh, with the membership, so thank you so much for that. And thank you, Marcel, for the welcome back comment. I really appreciate that. As I do from E. Warner here, thank you so much. I'm going to do my best to see how we do over the course of a long Maybe solo, maybe not solo live stream, depending on what happens behind the scenes here. Sardinisms has been a member for more than a year now. Thank you so much. Happy to see you back. I really appreciate it. And folks, I'm going through the super chats now because we had a few happen before the show, but please, you don't have to super chat if you're not interested. Um, I will try to collect other chats as well. If you have questions, you have items you want to discuss, if you just want to hang out and talk about what you've been doing these past nine months or talk about what TV shows are great. I'm always interested in hearing what you guys recommend and what you guys like to watch. HP, thank you so much for the super sticker. I really appreciate it. Diana B, wait, it's Hogue Live. I'm so excited. Four red hearts emojis. Thank you so much, Diana B. That's a lot of heart emojis. Judy, you got this. Thank you for being a member for nine months. Yay for sticking with recovery. Tell you what, it's been a year. It's been, it's been wild. I'm glad to be back. Hopefully I can keep this up and we can continue to have these conversations together. Chrissy Lee, so happy to see you. Welcome back with, I think, prayer hands emoji or high five. I never know. Thank you so much. So glad H&H is back, says Emily Aarons. And I know that Emily gifted a number of memberships before the show. So thank you for that. A five days early birthday present for me. LOL. Well, happy birthday, Emily. Zumbi Kins, it's so glad, good to see you back. Happy to see how well you're doing. You've been an inspiration. <laughs> That's very kind of you to say, Snoopy Kins. I'm doing my best. Um, I don't know how inspiring I feel on a regular basis, but 
I am certainly trying. I'm trying to get back to as much of what I used to be doing as I can while still also maintaining a slightly better disposition towards my health and well-being. So we'll see how we, we do accomplishing both. Ardo Rissanen, been a while. Good to see you live and alive. I'm glad to be alive, Ardo. I really am. Thank you so much. That's Sarah, member for a year. Thank you so much for being a member for that long. So happy to be starting my morning with H&H &H and Hogue again. I'm glad to be here, believe me. Ryan YYC, who I know also gifted a number of subs before this, um, or gifted a number of memberships, I guess. I got to get the language correct here. YouTube always trips me up on that. Gifted a number of memberships before the show started. Thank you for that. So glad you're back. I've missed, I've missed this so much. I was looking for my local Cthulhu chapter. Oh, no. I mean, one of the rules we have here is even if you're missing Hangouts and Headlines or YouTube content that you like, you don't need to go worship an old one. That's, that's, I think, a good just rule for life. Midnight Dreary, thank you for being a member for more than a year. So glad to have you back. I really appreciate it. Brentwood Chick, a member for almost a year, 11 months. Glad to have you back. And it's Brentwood Chic. I know that because of my time at the BitCast, so I apologize for that. But uh, I'm glad to be back, definitely. Hedgehog in space, welcome back. I miss this so much. Heart emoji. The buttons were hard before. They were hard before. So now they're even harder as I try to remember them and I try to do more things simultaneously than I have done in the past. I know I did Lords and Dragons and thank you so much for everybody who joined me for that. And I know I do the BitCast every week, but it's just a little different to run a live stream solo than it is to participate in someone else's. Aunt Jen OH, probably Ohio, became a YouTube member. Thank you. I apologize in advance for all the Michigan Wolverines references I'm likely to make. Shireen, thank you for the super chat. Love that this is back. It's just like old times. What nine months? Believe me, I have a connection directly with December of last year. And so I often think that these nine months essentially are just a big pause button. So I hear you there. Jess Rubery, thank you for being a member for a year. I'm so proud of your fight to get better. I'm so happy to see you doing the things you love. I really appreciate it, Jess. I am trying, certainly. Kelly C, member for a year. Welcome back and go blue, as I said, aforementioned Wolverines references. And we might actually have a good year for the Lions. That's the hope. Speaking of the Detroit Lions, they're playing in the NFL kickoff opener tonight. So maybe the Lions will win today, too. Everybody's winning. Aaron Morgan, thank you for being a member for nine months. This is just so wonderful. So happy to see you looking well. All your hard work is paying off. Well, that's very nice of you to say. I really appreciate it. And one thing is I almost did right there is I do have to mention a couple of things coming through my recovery. One is I do have a tendency to be a little bit more emotional than I used to be. So hopefully that doesn't scare you too much. And two, I have been diagnosed with reduced inhibition. So I'm going to try to control that a little bit. But if I come off a little bit more unfiltered than I used to, that would be the reason why. So bear with me. We're going to work through this all together. We're going to have some fun. Christy Fletcher, member for a year. Welcome back. Just playing Starfield last night. Talk about buttons to push. Lol. Red Heart. Black Controller. Yes, I am a big fan of Starfield, if you saw it on the BitCast. But if you aren't familiar with that at all, it's a video game that was recently released by Bethesda Game Studios for the Xbox and PC, in which you get to travel to different planets and experience RPG storytelling. And it's a lot of fun. I, I like it a lot. 
It's a game of some controversy online based on some of the reviews, but it is a very good one, and I highly recommend it. So, Chrissy, I'm glad you're playing. I'm glad you're having fun, and I am having fun as well. Now, those are the Super Chats. Thank you so much, everybody, for contributing and for keeping the channel going for many months of not having as much content as I know I would have liked, so I can only imagine that you would have liked. So I do apologize for that, and I will probably over-apologize for these things. I know you guys are going to come into comments and say, stop apologizing. I'm going to do my best to stop apologizing, which is in its way, it's its own apology for apologizing. So already off to a strong start. Sibling Creature says, if you start sounding like EDB, we shouldn't be surprised. Well, you see, reducing inhibition doesn't change my entire makeup, so I'm unlikely to just start talking exactly like Emily D. Baker. But... If I have an instance or two where I maybe talk a little bit differently than I used to, that might be something that happens. So we'll see. Mary Jane, really not Sarah, says, Ian Runkle is avoiding the controversy of playing Starfield by playing superior 90s games. I haven't seen what Ian's playing as of late, but certainly there are space exploration games in the 90s that are excellent. Star Control 2 is one of my favorite games of all time, and that's from, I think, 1993. So if you are interested in space exploration without all of the discourse on Twitter or X or social media in general, then yeah, you can play a lot of good games from the late 80s and early 90s. So it wouldn't surprise me if that's what Ian decided to do, certainly. <laughs> Asking questions of Mrs. Hogue about uh, reduced inhibition, Rick. It's, uh, it's, been, it's been a tough year for my wife, certainly. So thank you so much for helping support her as well. Here's Dad Hogue, Thomas Hogue. How you doing, Dad? You look and sound great. We love you so much. Great to see you back. By the way, your mom loves Hedgehog in Space. I have to think about what that means. I don't know if that's code. But uh, I'm glad, Mom. And I'm glad, Dad. Thank you so much for jump dropping in. I really appreciate it. And of course, Mrs. Hogue Law is in the house. One of the reasons that we moved the time back was for me to be able to participate in taking the kids to school. And so I'm very happy that we've been able to do that this week. My kids are back in school after Labor Day here in the United States. And that means Mrs. Hoglaw should be able to participate in the chat a little bit more than she was last year. But we'll see. Don't want to write any checks for somebody else, certainly. Glad to see you back, Rick. Was thinking about you last night playing Destiny 2. Yes, Destiny 2, another space shooter from the mines at Bungie now owned by PlayStation. I feel like I'm going to have to say that one of these companies that we talk about is owned by one of the console platform makers every single time now, but Bungie's owned by PlayStation, owned by Sony, and part of their PlayStation group, and Bethesda that makes Starfield is owned by Microsoft, and not technically part of their Xbox Game Studios group, but certainly makes games for the Xbox, so Angel's on the head of a pin. Newt, yay, so happy to see you again. Thank you for the super chat, and that you're feeling up to doing this once more. Missed you, Orange Heart. Please, we'll be, P.S., we'll be up late here watching the Lions and Chiefs. Yes, I intend to watch the Lions game as well. We'll see how it goes. Thank you so much for the super chat and for hanging out with me this morning. Can't believe it's September already. Luna says, I've missed Hangouts and Headlines so much. Welcome back. Yes, thank you. HP says, I've just been enjoying Baldur's Gate 3. Yeah, it, it, if you don't know or you're not into video games, 2023 has proven to be one of the best years in gaming history, especially if you like deep storytelling and RPGs. Baldur's Gate 3 is fantastic, HP, and I'm glad you're liking that as well. 
Jess Rubery says, your health is the most important thing. You can't make content if you're not well. That's true. You can't make content if you're not well, if you're on a respirator or many other reasons why you can't. But I definitely want to try to come back here and do these do these talks, do these hangouts, do these headlines, because it's something that I've found I really do enjoy. And, and your perspective does get very focused when you have a near-death experience and go through everything that I've gone through this year. That's Sarah. You're now officially neurospicy, Red Heart. It's possible. I think my wife could possibly attest to some of that, certainly, coming off of the year that we've had. Snoopykins, thank you so much for the super chat. Please don't downplay how great it is to see how well you're recovering. It's a lot of hard work, and to see what it has brought you is inspiring. You're a good egg and a strong one, too. I appreciate it, Snoopykins. I really, really do. I, I, I try to do that every day. I can't promise you... I'm the perfect motivated patient every day, but I can certainly promise you overall that I try very hard to be as motivated as I can. Zoo Queen 4444, thank you for the super chat. You look marvelous, darling, in my best Billy Crystal voice. I think I did it poorly, but hey, thank you. I I feel pretty good. We're getting there. We're, we're, we're working still on mobility a little bit in the arm and hand and working through some of the, the mental and traumatic issues that come from going through all this over the past year, but I think we're getting there pretty well. Mrs. Hogue answering the question about what it's like to live with me right now. It's an adjustment. I think that's very diplomatic, honey. Thank you. Janine Richardson, thank you for the super chat. Because of the absence of your usual programming, I started watching BitCast. Thank you. It's something I know I look forward to very much every week. Fabulous show. Hearts in your eyes emojis. I am so thankful, Janine. And BitCast is a lot of fun. I do it almost every week on Sunday mornings over at the Season Gaming channel, if you aren't familiar. And we talk about video games, but we try to do it in a way that doesn't just result in everybody shouting at each other like you get on social media or in some other podcast circumstances. So if you like games and you also like talking like adults, not EDB style, but in general, just reasonable discourse, you can come on and, and check us out at Season Gaming. Dad says your mom's favorite animal is a hedgehog. Well, well that's that's good. I, I'm confused about the hedgehog in space, but I'll, I'll look into it. I appreciate it, Dad. <laughs> hedgehog in space. Oh, hedgehog in space being somebody in the community. I apologize for not getting that off the top here. But Hogan Strokes, 0 out of 10, do not recommend. Yes, if, I, if this scale can go into the negatives... I very much do not recommend. And in fact, I probably will say as part of these episodes until I'm annoying or I've annoyed all of you uh, out of the community, make sure to get your blood pressure checked. It's There are devices that you can get that can allow you to automatically check your blood pressure pretty regularly. Uh, I use one on my wrist right now. And yes, while I do like to work and I like to talk with you all, it's definitely important to pay attention to your health what your body's telling you, even if you're used to having headaches, certainly if you have a lot of them in a row, which you can see happening to me in December of last year, it's worth getting looked at, even if it's uncomfortable. Because believe me, if you don't, then getting looked at multiple times a week for the next nine months is worse than having that uh, preemptory visit with a doctor or other medical service provider. So please do get it checked out. My view on strokes is do not recommend, most definitely. Poor Yelp review, zero stars. 
D Whitaker 86. Glad to see you back. I'm loving Armored Core 6 and waiting on Spider-Man 2. 2023 is a year. It really is. I didn't even mention Armored Core 6, which is from Software's latest game, and they aren't owned by another big company, so that's a good one to reference. If you like mechanized robot combat in the future with a high difficulty curve and a Dark Souls type feel in various ways, Armored Core 6 is definitely something you should check out. My hand is getting much closer to where I was at with respect to video games, but I'm still not up to playing a Souls-like game, and Armored Core 6 eats my lunch pretty regularly. So if you like difficulty, check it out. If you don't, I can't recommend it, but it is very cool to play as robots in space. Luna says, considering how measured your commentary usually is, a bit more emotion and spice won't hurt anyone. Well, I hope so. Certainly this topic that I selected today was picked specifically because it's a little bit on the edge of where I know a lot of people are passionate about. And so I wanted to try something hard to start out with because that's apparently the person I am as I continue to examine my own wiring for the last year. But um, I think it's useful to go and check out how you can do with things that folks are more emotional about and make sure that we can continue to have the commentary and discussion that I know we can have in this space that's good, informed, but also reasoned. And so, thank you. I appreciate it, Luna. Mrs. Hoglaw, he's doing great. She's very nice to me. Much nicer than I deserve on a lot of these things. Shereen says, no major stroke can keep the hogs down. Hogs don't quit. Well, I'd like that to challenge that supposition, but yes, hopefully we can keep from doing this again. And I do have a guest. I invited some friends here because I didn't know exactly how this would go this morning. So if you have any love of video gaming, lawyers on YouTube, or just Canadians, please say hi to my friend Ian Runkle of Runkle of the Bailey. Thank you, Ian, for dropping in. Oh, hey, I, I didn't want to miss it. Uh, it's a little early for me, but uh, I, I, I wanted to be here. So uh, thank you for having me. Oh, no, I'm very pleased to have you. And uh, I was telling folks that uh, I still have to remember where all the buttons are and, and YouTube and StreamYard and various of the other programs here seem to change the buttons on you between patches. And if you haven't looked at some <laughs> of these things in months, it's like, where did that button go? So, oh, and it's always just its own. Um, it's always its own thing to figure out. So I'm uh, I'm. Uh, I'm just trying to think of all the changes. Have you seen the new starred feature where it like is auto starring um, that I love? I think yes, that I'm, I am using it. I'm forgetting to unstar them when I've read them. So that's, you know, we're, we're building up a, a backlog here that I'll have to get through at some point. But yes, no, it's fantastic. StreamYard has been doing a much better job even since I was last on it in starring these things and also grabbing like the, the member comments. Yeah, no, that one is big, too, because it wasn't doing that for a while. And uh, I think it was Emily that actually harassed them and said, hey, um, it's got to do this. So that is fantastic. Emily is always willing to go and ask for features vociferously. And she's got the uh, she's got the clout to make it happen, too. Like if I go and ask for a feature, they're like, um, <laughs> yeah, we'll get right on that, Mr. Runkle. <laughs> Yep, exactly. So I'm uh, I'm super thrilled that that's uh, that that's they've made that change. Yeah, no, it's been it's been really good, and things have been going good so far. So we'll see if they continue. 
Parallax Abstraction, thank you so much for the super chat. The King returns, and you were way too kind to call me that. So glad to see you back, Rick, with a strong arm emoji. Maybe that's telling me that I need to work on my curls. I'm supposed to do more curls <laughs> with my left arm. So it's just a reminder. This comes direct from my occupational therapist. Get working on those curls, Rick. What are you doing on YouTube? Misopinionated, thank you for the super chat. You are upright, breathing, and taking nourishment. You are doing great. Red heart emoji. I am. I'm, I'm doing well. I, I feel good about where I'm at. It, it's taken too long. I mean, I know it's been fast. All my therapists and doctors say it's been fast. But if you can imagine just being kind of knocked out of what you're doing for nine months, it's just it's a long time. And you get a lot of time to think about things. And that's sometimes good. And it's often not. Nine months is the perfect amount of time to have an anxiety baby. That's right. <laughs> Gestating all sorts of stuff. Thank you for being you, says Stephanie L. Thank you for the super chat, Stephanie. And thank you for covering a Trump case. Seems like all the other lawyers are afraid to cover his multiple cases. I don't think it's afraid. I, I will say this, Stephanie. It's it's a uh, it's a bit of a third rail kind of issue. It's it's easy to get electrocuted on this stuff, and people get very passionate. And some folks on YouTube um, are not so great at diffusing that passion and or adding to it, right? So. If you're not, or you know you're not, or you know you don't want to, that's just not who you are, it's sometimes a good thing to avoid because if you add more noise into the universe, you're not you're not helping educate, you're not helping the conversation. So to some extent, I think you avoid this because YouTube has a quick a quick trigger finger, is easy to hit the button on something that it doesn't like you having said. People get nervous about that in a live environment, but also that folks just get very passionate about these. So I saw this story yesterday. It's the kind of thing that jumped out at me. I saw headlines being different enough that I wanted to talk about them a little bit. And it's got a legal component because I don't know that a lot of people know collateral estoppel so well. So it's a fun set of words you get to say now to your friends. You can say, well, isn't he stopped from doing something or whatever? And that, that'll be re really good at cocktail parties. Trust me. Lawyers are just the most popular people in mixed party settings. You have no idea. Oh, man. Um, no. <laughs> I'm shying away from it just because as a Canadian, I know that the um, the comment section would just be 100% shut up Canadian. Um, this is so fair. It's like, you have an excellent excuse, Ian. <laughs> it's just like, all right, I'm I'm not doing that. So, yeah. Rain Man YYC, thank you for the super chat and the acknowledgement. Runkle in the house. Waving emoji, waving emoji. Rick's snark apprenticeship has begun. I can never reach Ian's snark level. <laughs> Ian is so dry that you can read through a tweet of his or watch a clip of him and get that he's making fun of something and not really understand it until you think about it for another three minutes. And he comes up with these things on the fly. It's just my brain can't stop doing it. So it, uh, I you've got to have a little bit of snark just to round out your day. Yeah, definitely. Well, I mean, it's a, it's a weird world, right? Riketsu 86 being a member for more than a year. Thank you so much. Plus one to the don't ignore symptoms. Get checked out. I almost went blind from how high blood sugar affects eyes before I finally got diagnosed diabetic. Yeah. I mean, unfortunately cool. these are the kinds of things that can happen. And certainly I had been working through headaches towards the end of last year that were signs of hypertension and high blood pressure that I'm going to say I ignored. I really just never thought of them as a major medical problem because I had had headaches 
on a fairly regular basis my whole life. But certainly this year say, now, like any, any lawyer who doesn't have headaches sometimes, um, I don't know what's going on in your life, but uh, yeah, and and you don't want to just send everybody to the ER or the hospital with headaches, but you do want to be staying apprised of these things if you can. And believe me, I was surprised at how easy it is to have your blood pressure checked with some of these automatic devices that if I had known about, it's not invasive. You put it on your wrist. I've gotten pretty good at putting it on my wrist and, and putting my wrist over my heart like I'm supposed to and having it check my blood pressure in like less than two minutes. So I do that by meals now. And uh, I'm happy to say it's it's perfectly under control where I am right now, but having had a stroke, I'm at higher risk of having another stroke than most others in the population. And so I have to be more diligent than others. That still doesn't mean that we can't all be diligent together because I don't want to have another nine month hiatus. I don't want anybody in the community to have that hiatus or longer. So I'll probably mention it from time to time. And I apologize for doing that when it's not pertinent to the topic that we're discussing, but it is something that I think about a lot now. Sulor, thank you for becoming a YouTube member. I really appreciate that. PE says it's a very touchy subject. Approach with extreme caution. This one for the Hangouts and Headlines? Yes. I mean, I'm, I always approach my Hangouts and Headlines trying to be cautious about what many people might think about any given topic. So I will try that again today. Sugarmag78 says, welcome back, member for 10 months. Thank you for being a member for so long. I really do appreciate all of the memberships, but especially the members that have stayed on for months and months of not having virtual legalities and not having hangouts and headlines. That's just really so nice, and I really appreciate it. Oh, and there's just so many people who made such a huge outpouring of support. So it's, uh, it's really heartwarming to see. Speaking of which, Ian, I should I know we've said it behind the scenes, but I should say it here. I know you did a takeover of the channel while I was in the hospital, and I really appreciate you guys doing that. That was fun to see on the channel after the fact. So thank you for doing that and <laughs> handling all that. I was like, I, I've got to be a good, <laughs> good guest because I'm, uh, I'm in Rick's house here, and it's like, ooh, <laughs> gotta follow Rick's rules. So I was like, mm, gotta be careful. Uh, <laughs> dial the snark back. <laughs> Perceptions of reality, member for eight months. Thank you so much. Great to hear your reasonable mind voice again in the morning. My best to you and your wonderful family. Well, I appreciate it. I'm certainly going to try to be as reasonable a mind as I can be. Jen K, glad you're back. Thank you for the super chat. Miss you so much. Hi, Mrs. Hogue. That's a good hi. Yeah, she's great. She's in chat. You can say hi to Mrs. Hogue as much as you want. She is ready to be back as well, um, but she is... On your side, all of you folks saying, hey, don't rush yourself, Rick. Your health is more important. I know we're not pushing too far. I'm tiptoeing into these various things. I've wanted to do this for months, but I really do appreciate everybody that's been here, that's that's here right now, and for saying hi to my wife. She has obviously not just saved my life last December, but really saved my life this whole period of time. So she deserves every little bit of the thanks and every bit, little bit of the acknowledgement and she'll she'll never say that so thank you hogue army in this community is amazing says shireen thank you nice uh see ian did a great job during the takeover he sure did that was <laughs> a lot of fun i uh i was just like you know 
<laughs> don't break anything. Don't break anything. Don't break anything. <laughs> Ian's takeover was a precursor to Spicy Rick. It might be. I, I don't think I'm going to be overly spicy, but I definitely have uh, said things without going through like the normal filtering process that I usually do before I say things. So it's also how I get stuck in the middle of sentences a little bit more than I used to. And Kurt at Uncivil Law is here in the house in chat as well. So hi, Kurt. How you doing? Hello at Mrs. Hoaglaw. Nice to see you, Kurt. Thank you for joining us this morning. Jennifer asks the important questions. How are the Hoaglings? Well, they're bummed, but that's because it's the first week of school. Um, they're otherwise <laughs> doing well. Like, yeah. Meanwhile, um, the parents are thrilled. It's like, yeah. Well, we you freedom. know, we love the summer and we love to hang out with them. And they're at ages now. They're in eighth grade and sixth grade here in the United States. And they're at ages now where they come home and they're wiped from school and they don't really want to hang out with us so much. So that's kind of new as a as a portion of our lives. But they are good otherwise. And they handled it better than anyone throughout this whole period. So they, they are really impressive. I'm really proud of them, but I am really thankful that you asked because they are great. Cast the Sass member for a year. I think, I think the Runkle takeover stream was when the term Hogue is militantly wholesome came from. I think it might <laughs> be. It's funny. My wife brought that to me in the hospital and I'm like, what does that mean? <laughs> How does one be militant about that? I don't know, but I appreciate it. I, I try. I really do try. <laughs> You're the most wholesome guy I know, and not in a way that is like, you know, Ned Flanders obnoxious or anything. It's just like you're always at the wholesomeness, but not in a like a pushy way or anything like that. It um, it was intended as a compliment. No, I, I assumed it was. I'm not taking it negatively. I just it was very funny because I remember laying in my hospital bed and being like, "What?" <laughs> <laughs> So, like, all right. <laughs> yeah, no, that's fine. Uh, yeah, it is it is funny. You you have an event like that and I have like a direct line in my memory to like January. And obviously it's been a long time since then. I've done a lot of stuff, but since all that stuff is the same, since it's all rehab, since it's all kind of getting better and trying to move forward towards a place, it all just feels like one little journey. It just happened to take a long time. You know, it's like the Lord of the Rings. I, I just don't have a ring or a volcano. But it is a I lot of fun no to see you all spiders. here. <laughs> yeah, no, I have no giant spiders, thankfully. Although I think folks that did watch my stroke series, which I'm still very proud of, did know that when I was under, when I had my anesthetic, when I had my brain hemorrhage, the thing that manifested itself was I was placed into what I would describe as 1970s fantasy environments with like a, a volcano and like orcs in a mountain cave. And uh, I, I went through a whole little journey of, uh, of fantasy and, and dream states. And so I guess it was a little bit like the Lord of the Rings. Tony P says, I don't think the chance of us getting a volcano here in Michigan is very high. I wouldn't think so, but you know, I was on the upper floors of my law firm a few years back when we had an earthquake or we had there was an earthquake i think like in iowa that you could feel and it was swaying our building and i had never felt that before and i was told it was an earthquake and that was in southeast michigan so you never know i'm never going to say never to basically anything ever again because it's been a year 
It's been a year. Uh, that is a good description. It's been a year. Is uh, yeah. So happy to see Hoke back on a live H and H. Thank you, Just Jules. And actually, Ian, I somebody else raised a comment that I wanted to ask you about. They said that you were avoiding the Starfield discourse because you were playing better '90s games. Is that so? I've been playing a game called The Magic Realm, and okay. it. So what happened? It's this old mud, and um, sort of for the people who don't know, a mud is like it's multi-user dungeon, and it's text-based um, multiplayer game. This one was so old that you had to dial up. So it was like dial up connections and it was a pay mud. You actually would go and get little um, voucher cards that you would redeem uh, with. Like you just take those voucher cards in and be like, okay, uh, here's the code. And they will give you like, okay, that's good for four hours. So uh, that game was great. And then it was lost because Electronic Arts bought the company and they had no use for a MUD. They had use for some other uh, technology that the company had, but not the MUD. And basically they just wanted a patent. So they stuffed this game into storage and everyone was very sad, especially because when they asked EA, like, hey, you don't care about this game. Can we have it? Um, EA's take was basically like, what's in it for us? Um, so no, because you can't give us a price that will actually matter to EA. So, you know, they just left it in storage for a while. Anyway, eventually they were like, we're clearing out the storage. And we remembered, like somebody remembered that they wanted it. So they called up and were like, hey, um, do you still want this machine? And they went, yes, yes, we do. And it took them a bunch of work to actually manage to get this thing up and running again, but it's up and running now. And so I'm playing this mud that was offline for 20 years that I played when I was like, you know, 13. And it's just as good. So I'm enjoying the heck out of it. And meanwhile, everyone's like, oh, you know, we're upset about pronouns in Starfield. And I'm like, if you got problems, I feel bad for you, son. You got 99 problems and pronouns ain't one. So, I mean, I'll probably get to it, but I tend to get to games when they like show up cheap in a humble bundle or something. But um, I've had lots of people ask me for my opinion on it, and I'm like, I'm a lawyer. I don't care. You guys can fight over that yourself. So, um, I can give an opinion on the game. Starfield is great. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, I did see some of that on my timeline, which is usually when I step off my timeline. It's like if people are fighting a little bit too much, then it's time to turn off the Twitter or the X or whatever. Um, but yeah, one of the issues, there's a number of things that have kept me from getting back and doing content on, on the channel. But one of the issues I had after my stroke was that I had to get interested enough in various of these topics to want to talk about them. And so much of online discourse, so much in general, is like complete nonsense that either doesn't impact your <laughs> life or mine, or is just out there to try to get you to click on things that it was just very difficult to kind of re-engage with the world vis-a-vis -vis the world. Um, 
and even now, some of this is like I had to make sure I could find something that I wanted to talk about uh, with you all. And it's 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 been interesting. It's been tough. I want to make sure I'm not wasting your time or my time or my spoons, as my therapist calls them. Uh, if you're not familiar familiar with this medical terminology, the notion is that you have a certain amount of spoons or energy to devote a, across the spectrum of things that you want to accomplish in a given day or time period. And so you want to make sure you're using your spoons to do things that match with your personal values and what you want to accomplish that day or as a person in general. So trying to be more mindful of these various things, trying to do all the right stuff with that and still get to what I want to do, which is talk with you all about things that are interesting and important in the world and the way that they're being presented to you in the media, in Hangouts and Headlines. And yeah, I feel like there's a lot of... Um... I feel like some sometimes like the outrage is part of the marketing and I can't say that that's necessarily the case here but it just feels like there's a lot of games or movies or something where it's like who does this controvert like who actually cares about this but sure it's making me hear the name of this product a lot so that's true um, so I wonder if it isn't like guerrilla marketing or that kind of thing but it's hard to say um that's my paranoia acting up. Well, one story that I almost did today that I, I might do in the future, I'm going to try not to do another Hangouts tomorrow because I promised myself I would do one a week for a little bit at least, uh, but is that there was a story that I think Vulture put out yesterday about a marketing company that was manipulating Rotten Tomatoes scores. And essentially this manipulation consisted of paying for people to review the movie, which is normal-ish, um, and then if you're going to write a bad review, you put it on a blog that isn't the one that Rotten Tomatoes pulls your scores from. Ah, uh. and it's, I, I think I said to, um, Gene Park at the Washington post, who is a, a, a colleague of mine over at last stand media, when we talk about video games, um, that it didn't appear to be the great scandalous expose that is being presented about online. And I think you can go see that story in various places on your X timeline or what have you. Um, but I wanted to talk about how Vulture presented it and how, how reviews work and how aggregation works. And I might still, but this one I thought was a little bit more important overall to the world than that one. So that's why we're talking about this today. So we'll see. And before we get going, I want to say that thank you so much to Crazy Cat Queen for this very generous super super chat. Oh, how I've missed you doing H and H, Rick. I may have to switch to replay as I'm in Colorado for my dad's surgery. I'm very sorry to hear that. And replay is totally great. I'm glad that all these things get archived for anybody that wants to to, to listen to. Love you all, Red Heart, Black Heart. Important question: Did you get medical clearance to watch the replay of the NCAA football championship game? <laughs> Probably you mean the semi-championship where Michigan apparently lost the game. I, I think I've told this story to folks, but there was only one time where my blood pressure monitor went off while I was in the hospital, and that was actually literally while I was watching The Last Jedi. <laughs> no no like joke. I know it works perfectly well with the the way my uh, online persona is about that particular movie, but that was the one that actually raised my blood pressure to an alarm going off in my room. Um, football did not, but at that point, I didn't. Michigan had already lost by the time I woke up, and the Lions just never tripped me anymore because I don't. I love the Lions. I'm a big Lions fan, but 
I expect them to lose in some horrific way. And so when you do that, it's hard to get your tensions very high. It's like the old joke of, uh, you know, so-and-so was in a coma for 15 years and then we put on this song and they woke up suddenly and walked over to the radio and switched it off. <laughs> it's very funny. I, I told this story as part of the Stroke series, but I, it's literally like January 5th or 6th and I say to my wife, um, honey, I think there was a Michigan game. She's like, oh, uh, no. And like, I, I have to drag out of her. It's like, no, I think there was. And uh, it's like, you don't want to talk about it. It's like, oh, no, that's that, that can't be. Uh, but it is it is funny to watch the Michigan Wolverines play now. The, the college football season has started back up again. And you get these references to this game that I haven't seen. That is like the biggest game of the last couple of years for them. And it's like just it's just a void when when people reference it. So it is it is interesting. Um, and while we go here, I do want to bring up our, our headline, as as I mentioned in our uh, oh, try to get this going right and hitting the right things. As I mentioned in our thumbnail, Trump's next defamation trial will skip to what damages he should pay. And that's a pretty provocative way of saying what we're going to talk about today, which is why I flagged it as a headline, because as a lawyer, I look at that and say, well, my immediate instinct is that doesn't that doesn't make sense. You don't skip to damages. That's skipping the trial. That's deciding what you've lost. Right. And so it's a provocative way of saying what we're going to talk about, which is collateral estoppel. And reasonable minds can differ as to whether estoppel should apply here. We're going to talk about that a little bit as well. And that's if you love Donald Trump, if you hate Donald Trump, we're going to try to talk about these things as neutrally as possible, because I think that it's an emotional subject for a lot of people. And certainly this is an assault case or related to an assault case that I think is also something that is likely to uh, have folks be passionate about. So, again, we're just going to try to stick to the law and the headlines to the best of our ability here. And I greatly thank everybody in the chat for sticking with me on that ethos to the best of your ability. I know we're people, we have feelings on these things, but before we get into what the New York Times says or what the Wall Street Journal says or what CNN says, I think we have to get a handle on what actually happened here. And thankfully CNN, I wanna give them full credit, linked to the actual opinion of the judge, which I always appreciate and they, they deserve to get that credit. I wish the New York Times did the same. Oh, this, I, uh, yeah. I hate when I read articles and they're like, Here's the th and they never actually tell like so many people just don't actually show you the case. And it's like, what are you hiding? So I give props to every journalist who uh, who puts that out there. Yeah, no, I think it's super, super helpful. And I think we'll, we'll talk about the notion of collateral estoppel here, but on kind of a broad strokes without the full legalese, the notion of estoppel is that if you've already litigated something, and one, you shouldn't have to litigate that exact same thing again, right? And that makes sense on an intuitive level to people. Hey, if you if you prove to your mom that your sibling stole the cookies, you shouldn't have to also prove that they broke into the pantry to do it, right? Like that's a part of getting to the cookies in the first place. And so if there's something that you had to prove to get to one thing, that's assumed to be proven on a second case if it has the identical nature of the first one. The difficulty here that we will see and the reason that the uh, the description of this video references Depp be heard is that these are different, potentially defamatory statements 
than the ones that the first case was about. And that presents an interesting issue for collateral estoppel that this court actually kind of skips a little bit in a way that I think is interesting. So this is a defamation case against Donald Trump brought by writer E. Jean Carroll for certain allegedly defamatory statements he made while he was president in 2019 in response to Ms. Carroll's public accusation that he sexually assault, quote unquote, ard her in the mid 1990s. And I'm not sure what the YouTube meta is right now for any of these words or where we're at in the video. So I'm going to do my <laughs> best there. In a closely related second case known as Carol 2, Ms. Carroll brought two other claims against Mr. Trump. The first was a sexual battery claim pursuant to the Adult Survivors Act, or ASA, a new law enacted by New York in 2022 that created a one-year period within which persons who were sexually assaulted as adults could sue their alleged assaulters, even if their claims otherwise would have been untimely. So it revived some of these claims. The second was a defamation claim for a statement published by Mr. Trump on social media in 2022. In that statement, like in his 2019 statements, Mr. Trump denied Ms. Carroll's accusation stated that he did not know her and claimed that she fabricated her accusation for ulterior and improper purposes. Carol too was tried in this court in April and May of 2023. The jury unanimously determined that Mr. Trump sexually abused Ms. Carroll as that term is defined in the New York, I think, law. But as a mechanic might say when they're looking at your car, I think I figured out where your problem is here, right? Once you've <laughs> lost a court case about what you did, the fact that you denied it in public is gonna come back and that's exactly what the court finds here. It found also that he defamed her in his 2022 statement. In doing so, it found by a preponderance of the evidence that his statement was defamatory, that it tended to disparage Ms. Carroll in the way of her profession and or exposed her to contempt or an evil or unsavory opinion in the minds of a substantial number of people in the community. Now, this isn't a universal definition of defame. This is under New York law. So when you go across state lines, when you go to different countries, certainly you're going to have different concepts of what defamation is what freedom of speech is. And this is just the way that New York looks at it per, per this court. I'm not a New York lawyer, neither is Mr. Runkle here, but that's what the court is working off of. And so they said, here's what the jury found. And so that's based on the 2022 statement. Should that apply, what we will see is to the 2019 statements as well. The matter now is before the court on the party's competing motions with respect to the issue preclusive effect of the jury's verdict in Carol II in this action or collateral estoppel. Ms. Carroll argues also that she is entitled to summary judgment on each liability element of her defamation claim in Carroll 1. She accordingly contends the trial in this case need address only the issue of damages. Mr. Trump disputes the issue preclusive effect of the Carroll 2 jury's findings on liability. So the argument here is that Mr. Trump was found to have assaulted Ms. Carroll in the earlier court case, which made his 2022 statement, which we're going to take a look at, defamatory. And Ms. Carroll says, if that's all true, then the 2019 statements are automatically defamatory. And Mr. Trump says, no, they're not the same statements. There's things that we have to look at that, that make them different. And I really do think reasonable minds on this could differ, but certainly by the time you've lost that original court case, you're, you're, you're fighting from behind on things like this if you're on the, the, in the Trump camp. So Mr. Trump's 2019 statements, Ms. Carroll's accusation that Mr. Trump sexually assaulted her first became public on June 21st, 2019 when New York Magazine published on the internet an excerpt from Ms. Carroll's then forthcoming book in which she described the incident with Mr. Trump. In the ensuing hours and days, Mr. Trump issued three statements that are the subjects of this case. So these are the statements that he's not going to get a trial on. Regarding the story by E. Jean Carroll, claiming she once encountered me at Bergdorf Goodman 23 years ago, I've never met this person in my life. 
She's trying to sell a new book. That should indicate her motivation. It should be sold in the fiction section. Shame on those who Ooh. make up false stories of assault to try to get publicity for themselves or sell a book or carry out a political agenda. Like Julie Swetnick, who falsely accused Justice Brett Kavanaugh. And these are all uh, Mr. Trump's words and not mine, YouTube. It's just as bad for people to believe it, particularly when there is zero evidence. Worse still for a dying publication to try to prop itself up by peddling fake news. It's an epidemic. Ms. Carroll in New York Magazine, no pictures, no surveillance, no video, no reports, no sales attendance around. I would like to thank Bergdorf Goodman for confirming that they have no video footage of any such incident because it never happened. False accusations diminish the severity of real assault. All should condemn false accusations and any assault, actual assault in the strongest possible terms. If anyone has information that the Democratic Party is working with Ms. Carroll or New York Magazine, please notify us as soon as possible. The world should know what's really going on. It is a disgrace and people should pay dearly for such false accusations. So I'm sorry for having to read that in its entirety, but this is where the rubber hits the road on this particular issue is that these statements are going to be deemed defamatory because they found the 2022 statement is defamatory. And we'll see that it's of a different nature than the 2019 statements. So the next statement in 2019 is you had said earlier that you never met E. Jean Carroll. There was a photograph of you and her in the late 1980s. I have no idea who this woman is, says Trump. This is a woman who has also accused other men of things, as you know. It is a totally false accusation. I think she was married, as I read. I have no idea who she is. But she was married to a actually nice guy, Johnson, a newscaster. You were in a photograph with her, says the reporter. Standing with a coat on in a line, says Trump. Give me a break with my back to the camera. I have no idea who she was. What she did is it's terrible what's going on. So it's a total false accusation and I don't know anything about her. And she made this charge against others. And you know, people have to be careful because they're playing with very dangerous territory. And when they do that, and it's happening more and more, when you look at what happened to Justice Kavanaugh and you look at what's happening to others, you can't do that for the sake of publicity. New York Magazine is a failing magazine. It's ready to go out of business from what I hear. They'll do anything they can. But this was about many men and I was one of the many men that she wrote about. It's a totally false accusation. I have absolutely no idea who she is. There's some picture where we're shaking hands. It looks like it's some kind of event. I have my coat on. I have my wife standing next to me, and I don't know her husband, but he was a newscaster, but I have no idea who she is, none whatsoever. It's a false accusation, and it's a disgrace that a magazine like New York, which is one of the reasons it's failing. People don't read it anymore, so they're trying to get readership by using me. It's not good. You know, there were cases that the mainstream media didn't pick up, and I don't know if you've seen them, and they were put on Fox. But there were numerous cases where women were paid money to say bad things about me. You can't do that. You can't do that. And those women did wrong things that women were actually paid money to say bad things about me. But here's a case. It's an absolute disgrace that she's allowed to do that. So you can see here one of the things that's happening in the 2019 statements is, is he's tying it with a monetary motivation and trying to sell a book. And then there's some references to the Democratic Party and potentially political motivation for these things. And then the last statement in 2019 is, I'll say it with great respect. Number one, she's not my type. Number two, it never happened. It never happened okay. Now, remembering that this jury from early last year is going to find that it did happen, that's where we're going to get into a question of whether or not these statements are defamatory as a response. Mr. Trump's 2022 statement, which was found defamatory in the earlier case, this Ms. Bergdorf Goodman case is a complete con job. She completely made up a story that I met her at the doors of this crowded New York City department store and within minutes swooned her. It is a hoax and a lie. She has no idea what day, what week, what month, what year, or what decade this so-called event supposedly took place. The reason she doesn't know is because it never happened, and she doesn't want to get caught up with details or facts that can be proven wrong. If you watch Anderson Cooper's interview with her where she was promoting a really crummy book, 
You will see that it is a complete scam. She changed her story from beginning to end after the commercial break to suit the purposes of CNN and Andy, and Andy Cooper. In the meantime, and for the record, E. Jean Carroll is not telling the truth. Is a woman who I had nothing to do with, didn't know, and would have no interest in knowing her if I ever had the chance. So one of the problems that we've got from a collateral estoppel standpoint is that we're talking about different statements. If you remember us discussing Johnny Depp and Amber Heard, one of the things that Amber Heard's team tried to bring in was that the loss by Johnny Depp's team in his defamation case against the New York newspaper should have stopped him from bringing the Virginia case. And that was ultimately found not to be the case because they were different statements made by different people for different purposes and published in different ways. Now, this is the same person saying these things, but the context here is is a little bit different. And so it's interesting to find that this court will find that it's collaterally stopped from saying that those earlier statements were not defamation. As this court has previously set forth, the jury in Carroll 2 made the following explicit findings reflected in its special verdict form. That Mr. Trump sexually abused Ms. Carroll, that Mr. Trump injured her in doing so, Mr. Trump's content conduct was willfully or wantonly negligent, reckless, or done with a conscious disregard of the rights of Ms. Carroll, or was so reckless as to amount to such disregard, and that Ms. Carroll was entitled to compensatory and punitive damages on a battery claim of $2.2 million, $2.02 million, two men in compensatory damages and 20,000 punitive damages. With respect to her defamation claim, the jury found by clear and convincing evidence that Mr. Trump's October 12th, 2022 statement was false, i.e. not substantially true. Mr. Trump made the statement with actual malice, that is, that when he made the statement, Mr. Trump knew that it was false, had serious doubts as to its truth, or had a high degree of awareness that the statement probably was false. And of course, if you did something that you're denying, that's an easier way of saying actual malice if you're found to have done the thing at the jury level. It found also by a preponderance of the evidence that Mr. Trump's October 12, 2022 statement was defamatory, that the statement tended to disparage. Ms. Carroll was injured as a result of Mr. Trump's publication of the October 12, 2022 statement, and that Mr. Trump acted maliciously out of hatred, ill will, spite, or wanton, reckless, or willful disregard of the rights of another, and that she was entitled to $2.98 million in compensatory and punitive damages. Now, the legal standard, as discussed by the court, is that the party's motions concern the standards governing issue preclusion, collateral estoppel, as well as summary judgment. In this case, New York law governs the issue preclusive effect of the jury's verdict in Carroll 2. Under New York law, collateral estoppel comes into play when four conditions are fulfilled. One, the issues in both proceedings are identical. Two, the issue in the prior proceeding was actually litigated and decided. Three, there was a full and fair opportunity to litigate in the prior proceeding. And four, the issue previously litigated was necessary to support a valid and final judgment on the merits. Now, I don't think that there's any issues at all with two, three, and four. At least there's nothing that's been indicated that there was a problem with the earlier trial. So it was litigated and decided. There was a fair opportunity for everyone in that particular case. And the issue previously litigated was necessary to support a valid and final judgment. That's why they point out that the defamation supported an entire damages judgment in that earlier case. Summary judgment may only be granted where there is no genuine issue as to any material fact and the moving party is entitled to a judgment as a matter of law. Summary judgment here being that E.G. Carroll is saying, we don't even have to go to trial on these questions because I already won over here. To grant the motion, the court must determine that there is no genuine issue of material fact to be tried. A party may be entitled to summary judgment based on the application of facts established by collateral estoppel. To prevail on her defamation claim, Ms. Carroll bears the burden of proving by preponderance of the evidence that Mr. Trump's 2019 statements were published to a third party, concerned Ms. Carroll, were likely to be understood as defamatory. In addition, she must prove by clear and convincing evidence that Mr. Trump's statements were false and published with actual malice. So the, the real question here lives in, we're likely to be understood as defamatory by the ordinary person. 
The jury in Carroll 2 found that Mr. Trump defamed Ms. Carroll in his 2022 statement. In doing so, it determined, in accordance with the court's instructions, that Mr. Trump's 2022 statement tended to disparage a person in the way of that person's business or office or professional or trade. The 2022 statement, remember, is the total con job statement, a, a hoax, or that it tended to expose someone to hatred or contempt or aversion or to induce an evil or an unsavory opinion of that person in the minds of a substantial number of people in the community. Certainly, that's a risk you run when you're the president of the United States, that when you talk, people are going to think you're telling the truth, or at least they're going to they're going to know that you said something in a way that maybe somebody else saying something isn't. So it's always going to affect people uh, in the community. And that's that's what you take when you take a job like that. Accordingly, given that the substantive con content of Mr. Trump's 2022 statement, which the jury in Carol 2 found to be defamatory, is identical to the substantive content of Mr. Trump's 2019 statements, the jury's finding in Carol 2 is controlling in this case. This is where the judge decides that we don't need a trial here. But the question is, is the substantive content identical? I don't know that it is. I'm not sure that I would have come to this particular conclusion on this, but then I'm, I, I like to be very careful when we're talking about things that are stopped, right? You, you are taking away a trial. Um, and while I think this is all very bad, and certainly as the jury found, if this thing took place, I think that the statements might well likely be defamatory uh, as they were presented. Certainly if you did this thing and you know you did this thing by saying that it's probably an accusation to sell a book or to act as an agent of the Democratic Party is not is not good and is potentially defamatory. In general, as a lawyer, I wanna make sure these things are adjudicated in the proper avenues. And so the judge just saying, no, we don't need a trial here because the 2022 statement was found to be defamatory, I think is at least at least an open question. Reasonable minds can differ. I don't think this is, I don't think this is like straight up wrong. I don't think this is a, a violation of legal standards or anything like that. But I do think it's, it's interesting because even somebody of Donald Trump's stature or power or money or anything else is entitled to a fair disposition of the, the, the case made against them. And I think it's important to remember that even in a case like this, where a jury has found him to be guilty of, of horrible things. I'm skipping the footnotes that describe them um, for purposes of both keeping everybody happy this morning, but also keeping YouTube happy about what we're talking about <laughs> in this space. Uh, but it's it's very bad, and certainly the, the statements as presented are potentially defamatory, but I would like to see that adjudicated in court in general. Ian, I know you're not commenting on these things because you're Canadian, but do you have any thoughts from just a pure collateral estoppel level? It, it seems like a, a hell of a thing for collateral estoppel here, because it's basically the whole case, right? It is the whole case, um, and that's, <laughs> the judge says we're going to damages, yeah. Yeah, and uh, I feel like if I was the judge, I'd want to tread very carefully on that one, because if you're wrong, uh, there is no remedy other than throw it out and start over again. So, um, and it's going to be so politically charged that you're going to get people who are very upset. You know, I suppose either way, really. You are going to um, get people upset either way, and and I have no doubt. I haven't been online this morning before this episode. But I, I have no doubt that certain corners of the internet are going to talk about this and talk about Donald Trump in a specific way or talk about this judge in a specific way. Unfortunately, that's the place that our discourse is in in a lot of ways. And one of the reasons that I'd like to do this show and have this channel is hopefully to talk about these things on a kind of more objective basis than some, right? I, I, I honestly, I, I meant it sincerely before we started this conversation. If you hate Donald Trump, I'm okay with it. If you love him, I'm okay with it too. I'm just trying to talk about these issues and the notion that this is identical 
to take different statements and say that that's an identical set of set of events is is a tough for me. It's 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 going a little far with what collateral estoppel is designed to do, and I think that you can see that in a couple of these headlines. Right, the New York Times here is is almost celebratory. Trump's next defamation trial will skip to what damages he should pay. They're they're announcing it as he lost. He did obviously. It's it's, it's a bad day if you're Mr. Trump, but oh yeah, but um, yeah, it's 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 skipping down the line here. So. Say look, take a look at how this is reported a little bit. A federal judge ruled Wednesday that the writer E. Jean Carroll, who won a recent defamation lawsuit against former President Donald J. Trump, doesn't have to prove again that he defamed her in another lawsuit she has filed against him when it goes to trial in January. And I, I don't know the background on this. I'm not exactly sure why these statements got split up. It might be because of the time that they took place and what the pulpit was that he was using in various ways. But they did get split up. And that led to them not having a decision on the 2019 statements going into this second court case. She must show only what damages, if any, Mr. Trump must pay for comments he made in 2019 after she publicly accused him. Ms. Carroll, 79, won a separate defamation lawsuit in May based on comments Mr. Trump posted last October on his Truth Social website. In that case, the Manhattan jury found Mr. Trump liable for abusing Ms. Carroll and awarded her $2.02 million in damages for the attack and almost $3 million for, for the defamation. So this is not unlikely to be a substantial um, damages verdict, one would think, based on the earlier verdict. The judge, Louis A. Kaplan of Federal District Court, said in his ruling Wednesday that Mr. Trump's statements in 2019 were substantially the same as those that prompted the defamation award in May. And again, going back to Depp v. Heard, you might recall on the Waldman side with the Amber Heard countersuit that there were a number of statements that they, she was seeking defamation wins against Mr. Waldman as Mr. Depp's representative. And she only won one of those, even though they had very similar content. She won the one where uh, Mr. Waldman went and said that, described what he viewed as the hoax that Ms. Heard had perpetrated in a way that didn't match up with the facts of the case as presented in court. And they found that that was defamatory when the other kind of more broad claims that it was a hoax was not. So again, it's it's hard for me to look at situations like that, which I think can make a certain amount of sense if you say, well, they don't like the specifics, but they don't mind the notion that it's, it, that it's false and say, well, we know that a jury would find that these 2019 statements, which are long and have a lot of different components are substantially different, are, are substantially identical to the 2022 statements. So I think we just always need to be careful about taking things out of the hands of a jury on these, but I think it's being reported properly here by the New York Times. It's just under a headline that is perhaps more incendiary than it needed to be. Meanwhile, the reporter's like, there is no such thing as more incendiary than it needed to be. Well, <laughs> I mean, I, certainly the reporter in is not historically deciding on the headlines, but they might agree with the, the headline here. It's, it, it, it's- Or the editor, I suppose, yeah. It, 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 it's tricky because I know you need to sell papers. I know you're trying to get clicks, I, I get it. But I also want to make sure that there's as good of information out there as possible. And I think I think a lot of people are motivated in that direction that are reporting on these things. But we do tend to get stuck in this publishing nightmare of what's going to get people to go and click on something, right? Yeah. And that's always kind of a tough uh, spot to be in because, you know, there sometimes there's a fight between what is... Um, um, what is accurate versus what sells papers and yep. uh 
I would like got, to think Acura would win, but <laughs> I'm not that naive either. Yeah. Well, and yeah, it, it can be tempting for for people to go across the line of, of accuracy if they think that it'll, it'll bring people in. I think one of the more important pieces of news here is that, as you would expect, the Trump team is planning to appeal this. I mean, obviously, it, it, it's... It's one of the easier appeals insofar as because it wipes out the trial, it's a pretty broad based appeal that you say, no, that's just wrong. We need to have a trial on these uh, on these points. Doesn't mean he'll win, um, but you would expect this to be appealed and he's asking for a stay. And I don't know whether it'll be granted or not. That'll be up to the judge. But I think that's an interesting piece of news. And I wanted to grab a couple of other headlines here to talk about the different ways in which this is kind of told. I think CNN does a fairly good job. Here, Trump is liable in the second E. Jean Carroll defamation case, Judge Rules. January trial will determine damages. I think that's a little bit less incendiary. I think that's a little bit more information presented in the headlines. And I, I pay attention to the headlines so much because a lot of the times that's all people react to, right? Oh, yeah. Whether it's, whether it's a video game review number or whether it's a, a headline on a political concern or an assault case, a lot of times people are reacting to that. That's what you see in terms of the conversation and the discourse. And I think it's important to look at how those things are presented. This is not my favorite way of like writing a headline. I don't like the semicolon and I don't like, I don't like judge rule. I don't like putting the verbs at the end, uh, but I think it does present more information than others. And then I think we can look at the other side of the spectrum a little bit and see the wall street journal has a, a perfectly kind of normal, kind of matching the CNN headline, Donald Trump liable for defaming writer E. Jean Carroll, judge rules. And then a little bit more incendiary subheadline: columnist in line for second payday after related case produced a $5 million <laughs> judgment against former president. So you can see the Wall Street Journal side of things. If I'm going to say the New York Times headline was a little bit incendiary, this subheadline is a little bit incendiary the other direction, right? That this is you got you kind of got a gold digger type uh, subtext here. Second payday. I mean, obviously, if this person was sexually assaulted and this other person is saying these things about them, it, it, it's it's supposed to be recompense. It's supposed to be making whole through the legal system, not not a not a cash machine payout slot machine payday. But I do think it's interesting to see how these things go. And, and one of the reasons that I I like political stories in Hangouts and Headlines is because you get this kind of separation from various outlets. I'm not a big fan of politics in general, and I don't care about the political aspects of these stories as much as the writers do. And so I think it's interesting to watch like the Wall Street Journal do this, the New York Times do this, CNN kind of take the, just the facts ma'am approach here, regardless of whether it's a good English sentence or not. <laughs> and then we have CNBC, Trump suffers big loss in E. Jean Carroll defamation case, which he did admittedly, but that is certainly an editorialized way of saying it. Judge says he's liable. So that you saw the other headlines don't go so far as to tell you how to feel about this. Trump suffers big loss is, is how you should feel about it per CNBC. So there are different ways to approach these things. That's what I see when I go through these headlines. Hopefully the talk of the, the legal issues help you to decipher some of this stuff. As always, I, t I say you just got to critically look at these various things. And I'm going to hit these buttons in the right order by the time we're getting done with the show, almost precisely as it ends, I would guess. But yeah, I mean, I think, I think the important takeaway from this episode is you just need to be sure that you bring your critical thinking hat to the party whenever you're looking at anything online, but certainly when it has a political component, right? Whether it's Donald Trump or 
whomever uh, you're, you, you've got on the other side that you don't like or that you like, it's always going to be viewed through a lens of the outlet, the editor, the journalist. And I think that that's important to take away from this. That's what I wanted to make in this show. That's why I, I talk about Hangouts and Headlines. And I thank all of you for joining me here. Let me know what you think. Let me know what you think about those headlines, uh, whether or not the New York Times got it right, CNN, the Wall Street Journal subheadline, what it is that you like about that, what you'd like to see in this space, certainly in the comments or in the chat right now. I'm happy to talk with you about any of that. We'll do a little hangouts here at the, after the uh, after the headlines have gone. Here's Ningel1994. I think she gave me permission to call her Ningel. Headlines are clickbait and go with what attracts the types of readers they want to attract. Yeah, certainly to some extent. I Clickbait, I think, is an interesting terminology because I think clickbait Bait in my head tends to be like it's completely divorced from whatever the content is. I definitely think everybody that's in this space, including myself, tries to think about what people would be interested in hearing about or learning about or finding more information about and title and thumbnail their things to attract those people. But I think you can definitely go too far with that, right? There's always that line that you can cross that says, oh, no, this has nothing to do with that. Or we're going to we're going to title this episode Hangouts and Headlines why Trump was screwed or, <laughs> or based judge puts Trump in his place. Right. You know, like we can, we can do these various things, but I'm never going to have that channel. That's never going to be the way that I write these things. So, and you should always be extra skeptical when you agree with the subtext of the, the headline or whatever else, because that's how they get you, right? That's how, that's how you get sort of dragged into making bad decisions is, it's not somebody who comes at you from the other side. It's the person on your side who, um, you know, who will feed you BS. So I always think it's important to be skeptical, especially of the stories that really just kind of hit our giggle spot where you're just like, oh, yeah, I like this. It's like, but is it true? Is it fair? Is it accurate? Like all of those things are, uh, are good questions to ask when, when you're there. I think that's actually a great point, right? Like if it matches up with your preconceived notions, um, that's you're more susceptible to that. And I, I'm I'm not I'm not not susceptible to that, right? I'm still a human being like all of you. It's just I try to think about what tilts people are bringing to the party, what they want me to take from something when I read all these. And hopefully, the more we do hangouts and headlines, the more you look at things the same way, right? There's always ways to say things that can lead you down the primrose path or that can keep certain information from you. And while I would love to tell you that there are a lot of neutral outlets out there that are, are going to just tell you everything and you're going to be able to make a judgment just on those, I don't think that's the case. You can see when I do hangouts and headlines, I tend to bring multiple headlines to any given subject. It's because I do look at various ways in which different people are reporting on things, right? It's been a while, but I, I used to say I follow Vox and Fox because I like to know exactly how different people are reporting on the same kind of story. I recommend that. But as the internet used to say, ain't nobody got time for that. And certainly life <laughs> is short, as I have found. Um, but hang out with me. We'll have fun here in Hangouts and Headlines, and we'll talk about these things, hopefully in a way that's helpful. Yeah, it's it's tough to keep up on that. So Because there's just so much... Um so much spin and smoke these days that it's really hard to dismantle it all. But um, I think you do your best. 
Right. And and I, I want to stay positive in this space because I think it is easy to get to a, a, a place where you're just like, well, there's nothing that I can believe at all. And and all trust in everything everywhere is gone. I, I'm not there. I don't recommend that you be there because it's very nihilistic and it, it can spiral pretty fast on you. I think that we can all get to a place where we have a certain understanding of things by looking at multiple places, looking at multiple outlets and trying to, as Mr. Runkle said, be aware of our own predispositions and biases and, and try to at least acknowledge that I believe he said what it was tickling your giggle spot. Is that, did I, did I get that language? Correct. <laughs> if, if something's sort of hitting your giggle spot, it's like, be, be skeptical. Um, just those stories that you're just like, Ooh, I like this. Um, keep in mind that might be the reaction they want so that you stop thinking about it. All right. From a legal perspective, Nine Inch Nails Gal 1994 would like to make it known that she rescinds <laughs> that permission to call her Nin Gal, that it was granted once for a specific purpose and not further. So I appreciate that, Nine Inch Nails Gal. I will do my best. <laughs> Thank you so much for the super chat. I'm sorry you had to pay for me to get your name right. Have you um, have you listened to much Nine Inch Nails? Personally? No. Yes. We may have to, uh, we may have to change that. <laughs> I uh, no, I have not. Uh, I think when I was in the hospital, I pr primarily listened to musicals and and show tunes. I mean, that's good too. Um, I've been listening to a lot of electro swing, so I can't throw stones at all. But uh, I don't know what electro swing is, but it sounds rad. I will have to send you some. <laughs> You're like, oh god. <laughs> no, I have this image of like big band EDM. Um. Kind of, not quite, but um, yeah, I mean, I can't play any of it because we're on a uh, we're on a live stream and YouTube would hunt us for sport. But uh, I'll send you some uh, send you some tunes later and you could be like, huh, didn't know this was a thing. <laughs> now, yeah, Camellon says I need to recover more before Nine Inch Nails. I, I'm, a, I'm pretty good at, at my blood pressure now. I think I can maintain most things. I can see Rick singing show tunes. Uh, yes, I, I we had a lot of Les Miserables in the hospital. A lot of uh, One Day More as I got closer to discharge. It's, uh, it's a long time staying in the hospital bed, but we don't need to relive that right now. We're here in September. We're back live on YouTube. We're having fun in Hangouts and Headlines. <laughs> I don't like hospitals, so yeah, I get, get that. Akiruki asks, how does estoppel work with a previous case that then gets overturned on appeal? I think most jurisdictions have it be the it has to be the final, probably non-appealable verdict, I would say. Uh, a cascade of overturned rulings. Yeah, I mean, that's that's what you're trying to avoid, right? So most of the rules that depend on another judgment require it to be fully disposed full at the end of its process. I don't know what New York does, um, um, but you're certainly right that if you've got something that says, Hey, you don't need a court case because this was determined and then it gets overturned. Um, that could be an issue, but of course you can overturn a case or you can remand a case that doesn't require you to completely separate from the overall decision. Right. You could say, yeah, the jury found these things. That's fine. But the damages are too high. That's something that you can win it on appeal, but doesn't change the overall estoppel kind of concept. So it's really the ultimate verdict that you'd have to be looking at in that, in that particular circumstance. Yeah, and that that can often be tough to overturn. He, he incends literal nine inch nails. 
just, <laughs> just sends them in the mail. Just throw that in the uh, in a box and just off it goes. Yeah. <laughs> Chris Mullen, thank you for the, uh, uh, the the hearty and dragon emojis as well as the let's see birthday celebration emoji, streamer emoji, and hearts surrounding your face emoji, which could be a medical condition, but probably just signifies love. <laughs> Electro swing is what happens when Spider Man carries him. Oh, God. it's true. <laughs> Tigerette with a with a one day more. Yes, indeed. Another day, another destiny. Uh, Ian, can you drop some electro swing band names? Um, Lear Latal, um, Caravan Palace is a good one. Um, maybe I could drop a uh, link in the chat here just uh, for a song that's because uh, they've got some interesting stuff here. So um, yeah, maybe I'll try to uh, look at this. PE knows what you're talking about, Ian. I like electro swing and the dancing. So there's a link. It's Caravan Palace. It's um you know, their song Rocket For Me. They've got a bunch of stuff. Uh, I quite like them. It's like aggressively cheerful. So whenever you're... Fe it's kind of music that it's hard to be like down or, uh, you know, if the world is being the world, you can just be like, all right, let's turn this on and, uh, and relax a little bit. So I think aggressive cheer would be good for Hogha. So maybe we'll check this out. I'll uh, I'll have to send you some songs. All right, see, you learn something new every day. It might have been about hangouts and headlines. It might have been about electro swing and dancing. I, you never know what you're going to get here, folks. So thank you for dropping in. And right now, the plan, so that you know, is to do this about once a week. We have to work around my rehabilitation schedule a little bit because it bounces between days. But I'm happy to say I think. We're going to wind up taking a break from occupational therapy towards the end of the month. So we're going to, we're going to be a little bit more available a little bit more often um, pretty soon. But I think folks that have followed the community tab know that I had said I wanted to come back in, in August and now it's September because I keep thinking therapy is going to be done and it just, it just keeps going because, well, it just takes a while for the body to heal itself. Um, but I'm, I'm happy to say we're coming to the end of that journey, I believe, pretty soon. And that's going to give me a little bit more flexibility on being here with you all and having these wonderful conversations. So hopefully this was fun. Thank you, everybody, for joining us. I'm going to try to make sure I don't miss any of these super chats here at the end. Nine Inch Nails Gal 1994 asks, but would it be a true H&H &H if I didn't super chat? Probably not. You've been a a super chatter here and since the beginning as have a lot of you and i'm so happy that so many of you found the episode here today after such a long hiatus that really makes me happy and tell your friends and certainly in the description we still have patreon and what we used to call utreon is now player so you can check out the links there below and memberships i saw a number of memberships being gifted are still fun for the channel so thank you everybody that helps support this fun crazy thing and helps keep me from exploding due to medical bills. So I appreciate all of that and all of you for having this conversation with me. This is really important to me. 
I have found over the course of the past year. And I'm so, so thankful that you are here to have these conversations on this channel and with me. My wife asks, I'm coming up on 90 minutes. How are you feeling? I'm feeling okay. I'm going to wrap it up here as we go. Um, but yeah, I was, I was aiming at about 90 minutes for this. So yeah, it's, it is so good to see you, uh, back streaming and, you know, doing these hangouts and headlines. I've missed it. Um, you were very kind to say that Ian. Thank you. And and thank you for popping on because it really is uh, a load off. If people don't do this, uh, as a job or or regularly, I, I don't think they understand solo is just a lot more plates to keep spinning and having a buddy come in and, and, and just have somebody to talk to while you're doing it is just such a nice relief. So I really appreciate it, Ian. I really, really do. Oh, I was glad to be here. I set an alarm and then I slept through, <laughs> like I went and snoozed the alarm and my wife was like, you, you can't, you can't set an early alarm and hit snooze, get out of bed or, and I was like, She's like, get out of bed or adjust your alarm to a normal hour. And I was like, <laughs> I've had that fair. conversation, definitely. <laughs> so, no, I, I didn't want to miss it because, uh, A, it's been way too long. And B, it's, I, I definitely have that same feeling. Uh, it could be the difference between it feeling like it's work when you're doing it solo and you have to keep things up. You can't, you can't ever take like a breath. Whereas when you've got somebody else, it's more of a conversation and that's much easier. So yeah, no, I'm, uh, I'm glad to be here. Thank you, Ian. I really, really appreciate it. Dotadella says, take your time on healing. You're doing amazing. Thank you for the super chat and for being a member, Dotadella. Uh, I really appreciate all the kind words. I mean, the one fantastic thing about this community is with very, very, very limited exception, everybody has just been super supportive of coming back and and taking a while. And I I felt bad about it basically every day about not being able to come back as fast as I wanted to. Uh, But hopefully I can keep this up and we can come back pretty regularly. And I'm going to have to take my own advice and try to prevent myself from doing these like every two minutes once I get all the buttons back in place, because I really love having these conversations with you all so much. So thank you. And I think we're about ready to wrap up, but we have Knoxville Buckeye here first to say, won't make you say go Buckeyes on your first day back. But I, I, think, I think you did, but smiley face emoji. That's okay. Look, I, I certainly in the current zeitgeist where Michigan just throttles the Buckeyes at the end of every season, I'm okay saying, I wish luck to the underdogs this year, and I hope the good Buckeyes can can win all the games except the last one. But we'll see. We'll <laughs> all see. the games except against your side. Against yes, your against team. Michigan. Go. I mean, <laughs> hey, I, I have no problem with a strong Ohio State. I think that's useful to the Big Ten, and certainly this year in particular, it's important because I think the Big Ten is going to explode when we add all of those Pacific Coast schools next year. So I'd rather have a good Ohio State and a good Michigan take us to the finish line for what was the historical Big Ten. If none of that made any sense to you, that's college football, folks. Um, <laughs> I was going to say, um, I know It doesn't make words. any sense to anybody at this point. <laughs> All right. Well, everybody, that's been Hangouts and Headlines for today, September 7th, 2023. I am so, so ba- glad to be back, and I'm so, so glad that you all were here uh, to be back for this first episode. I'm planning to make it a regular occurrence from here, so thank you so, so much. I'm uh, I'm looking forward to it.